and we can edit this bit out. Okay. Sounds cool. good. All right. All right. So that's so that's an excellent. Uh, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Harwood. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging around and I've discovered. Ricky Grove. Fog comes in on little cat feet. <laughs> Phil Rice. This is the best film that I've seen all year and maybe ever. Damien Valentine. Use the machinima, Luke. And welcome to the December edition of And Now for Something Completely Machinima. Um, happy holidays to everyone that's listening and watching. Happy uh, holidays! Yeah, I'm joined by my uh, fellow machinima people, uh, Tracy Harwood. Hi. Phil Rice. Hello. And of course, Ricky Grove. Hey! <laughs> All right, so um, this week we're going to be talking about Phil's film. But I believe you got some news that uh, it was announced the day after we recorded last month. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is something we're all very excited about. So, uh, Phil, what, what, what are you going to tell us? Yeah. So Reillusion has released a new tool that uh, works with. Uh, well, I think it's it's mainly intended to work with with iClone, um, but. It's it's an area that I've been keeping an eye on and and was right on the verge of dipping my toe in to experiment with. And that is these different technologies that are out there that can take the input from a webcam, for example, and uh, extract from that motion data um, specific, with specifically regard to the uh, to facial animation. Um, there's a couple different tools that were that's being experimented with in a similar vein as like Eleven Labs and Leonardo and you know these little pop-up companies experimenting with that. One of them is uh, specifically green screen footage, and it will try to extract from that motion data that you can import into whatever tool. Um, and then there's another one that's meant to capture it live. And Reillusion has entered into that market with a a really nice showing. Uh, the tool is called AccuFace, and it does both of those approaches. You can hook up actual motion capture equipment, like if you've got something sophisticated like the Rococo thing, you know, where it holds the camera out in front of your face and basically without any pointers or any stuff stuck to your face, like we've seen, you know, in the making of Avatar or movies like that, it actually does a very good job of... Um, you know, kind of calibrating to the face that it's looking at and capturing all the little intricate details of the face animation. Uh, Reillusion has been pioneering in this area for a while now. Their AccuRig tool, which is now just built into iClone and I think I think into Character Creator as well, or maybe it's Character Creator where it's built in. You can take any model basically and it will looking just looking at the at a model with no bones for animation or anything it will put in a proper skeleton in there and let you tweak it and it's just if you follow the instructions that tool gives you it's 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 extremely effective at so you can grab a, a model from anywhere and basically add that skeleton to it now they've taken it to the next level with this AccuFace because Basically, any face that's put in front of AccuFace by way of a camera, of of really any any quality camera, um, and it will help you calibrate where the eyes are exactly, where the mouth is, and and all of that, and then will capture a performance either from video or from live interaction, including head turns and all the different facial expressions and capture it all into clean and usable uh, motion data. So uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And it's, there were, I saw some people on one of Reillusion's forums or Facebook groups or something kind of bellyaching a little bit about the, the price. Cause if you've, 
if you've been re using Reillusion's product line for a while, you find that it's certainly not a one-time purchase getting involved with with iClone and that that pipeline. Um, you know, of course, the main software updates every few years, and they offer very generous upgrade discounts for people who had the pre previous version. But you know, you you kind of need a budget to. I'm sure Damien can attest as well that you know to to have the toolkit that you need. It's a regular expense, and this is yet another. This is an additional expense because not everybody needs this, but people who are involved in what we're doing, it's a very very useful tool. There's really there's no other way to get the information quite this way without some kind of a very, very high-end professional uh, kit, including hardware. Um, and this is something that for a few hundred dollars, I believe it is, um, <laughs> it's silly that I don't know the price like right off the top of my head because I purchased it like eight hours after it was released. <laughs> I haven't gotten to use it yet. Because I'm not on the project, I'm not yet on the on the project that needs it. But I knew right away. Okay, this this is something I know that I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea of having it from a company like Reillusion, where there's going to be some support involved, and where it's a you know a community, a product that has a community around it, but it isn't just community supported. You know, it's actually got the official stamp. Um, so I knew that that was going to be Christmas vital for me. List thing, Phil, is what you're saying? Not for me, no. No. You've got it already. A new face, a new face would be a good Christmas list for me. I don't know. But, Your face uh, but Accu fine. face, I'm good. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh it, it's a big deal. I think it's it's uh it's it's certainly affordable within when you look at it within the context of what tools no, in this platform. Price, it's... Yeah. It's what you still there, Damien? Hold on, I'm having some issues with my connection. Oh. Yeah. While you were away, we made some changes to the show, <laughs> Damon. Uh, okay. Technical difficulties are no longer allowed. I'm I, so I, sorry. Thank you for your service. And uh, maybe some other time. You still there? <laughs> I, I think All the right. issue of the um, of the cost is legitimate. But on the other hand, if you compare that to high-end professional tools, simply buying Maya. <laughs> or Cinema 4D. Or, or Cinema something 4D like that, or right. any of those is three times the, yeah, it's four times the cost of whatever you would end up paying in right. Real Illusion. And also the other thing is that Real Illusion has just gotten more professional and more quality as they've, as they've gone. That's why they're so popular and they're doing so well. Because they don't release buggy applications, um, they fix things that well. they come up. Well, they they fix things, but, that but no, no, up. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, Everybody they don't they don't release buggy things and just let it be. That's right. Um, they they're they're in continual development. What I really respect about them is that they have they have moved themselves into the same category as you know Autodesk type. That that, that tier of software, and yet comparatively, the price to to get involved with their stuff is very very reasonable by comparison. Like uh, I mean, Autodesk and most of you know the higher end Adobe software and things like that. Man, it's pricey stuff, and it always has been. Yeah. And Reillusion could get away with that if they wanted to just target just the professionals market, which is what Autodesk and those other softwares do. You know, they're not interested in our use of it. They're not really, you know, it's it's people with a bigger budget. Realism no. could do that, but they have not. And I think no. that's I think that's deliberate, that they're yeah. deliberately remembering the people, you know, the, the amateur community like us that have been involved with it for, for many years. So uh, I, I, I appreciate that. Anyway, it looks like a really exciting tool. Great. And, um, Damien, yeah. you were going to tell us the price? He's muted right now. You're muted, Damien. Okay, there we go. So I was looking at the price, and that caused my connection issues. I don't know why. Oh, no. Even the Zoom is upset with the yeah. pricing on. Oh, God. All right, oh. but I've got the figures in front of me, and that seems to... So it's they're currently doing a, a launch special, which is half price. 
So the half price is two hundred and fifty dollars, and the full price will be four hundred four ninety nine. Yeah, uh, I don't know when that um, expires because it doesn't say. But hopefully by the time it won't have expired by the time this goes out. So if you're thinking about it, get yeah, it now. Now's the time to get December, it. Hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there is a trial version as well, so you can download that and give it. A, you, you can produce ten videos. I think the limit is, uh, or use it ten times. Uh, for 30 seconds each to, you know, to get a hang, the handle of it, which is what cool. I did. And by the 10th time, I had a pretty good video. So that convinced me to to spend the, the money. Sure. And I'll reiterate, too, that there are some some other uh, quite a bit more affordable tools that aren't going to be as as sophisticated or necessary. You, you shouldn't expect the same level of result. But if you just don't have a budget for it, but you still want to do something like this, maybe we'll cover those. Maybe I'll, I'll plan to cover that uh, next month as my news item. I'll, I'll quickly go through and review uh, what those alternative tools are for uh, for webcam to motion, basically, is the category. Um, there's some neat stuff out there that's that's relatively inexpensive, at least right now, because a lot of them are in beta and stuff. So I was really surprised, given that there's those tools, not a one of them is final, the alternatives. They're all in beta. They're all very early. And here's Reillusion steps out. And this is a fully functional product that does, it does it in multiple ways. Like no, no other product does that. No other product in the category can accept the input from pre-recorded video or from camera. It's yeah. it's just wonderful that, and that they kept a lid on this. I didn't even know they were working on it. So uh, it's very, very smart move especially with all the emphasis that they've done on you know metahuman and and you know creating these very realistic characters that's a big part of their market maybe not so much how i use it but it's a big part of their their market for people who are doing stuff really advanced stuff with unreal to get these realistic human characters and if you're going to have a realistic human character part of what makes it look real in video is realistic motion yep and they have seen that and actually what I believe it's James Martin is kind of leading the initiative. He's actually going around the country and they're doing live expo type sign up, you know, training for real, like full body mocap, how to work huh. with it, how to work with the hardware and how to actually get it all the way into the workflow using iClone or character creator. Very savvy on their part. Amazing. Uh, he's, yeah. he's been in Atlanta and a couple different other places. They're traveling around doing that. They seem very excited about it. So, yeah, it's they're, they're they've clearly got this this part of uh, animation as a uh, as a priority. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've been really impressed with it as well. Um, so I, I tried the trial and I I was I put that, uh, that sort of clip together. I just repeated some lines from S the Empire to test it out. With using one of the characters I voice and it, it just seems so, so much more lively than when I tried animating his face by hand and some of the sure. voice actors have been saying they want to give it a try so I've got to figure out how to direct them um, so that they can read the script but also uh, do oh, it, that's great. Recording. yeah they if could record a video of their performance and you could bring it in so yeah, yeah that's, that's so interesting I need to uh, figure out a way so that I can maybe draw a map of the set and say well you're going to be here and these other characters are here, and maybe you look over here at some point. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so I never had to think about anything like that before. So it's right. been going around my head for the last few weeks to how am I going to do this? Because they they want to give it a try just to say they've done it and they're excited for it. Oh, that's very interesting. I'm 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 curious to see how you work out that problem. Yeah, that would be, yeah that would be a, keep, a fun keep problem us updated to wrestle with. on that. Yeah, I will because uh, I've using the recordings I've got so far. The other thing is. Um, I've been doing the, the facial animation myself. My face is not the most expressive face, um, but I've been trying to give it a go and I just not moving my mouth. So I've still got the, the lip sync from their recording because the right. Aki lips thing, that's still really good, but I can do the other expressions and it combines them together quite nicely. Right. You can layer the, the, uh, various animation takes you do, which yeah. is another great thing about yeah. the program. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Tracy, do you want to say anything about it? No, no, I, don't, I haven't had a go with it, but it does sound absolutely incredible. I think um, that's definitely going to be a one on uh, on on my list. I haven't really found any good, 
you know, reasonably priced facial animation tools that we we can use other than the sort of the, the, the big expensive stuff. But I, I do remember reading some time ago, and I think I put something on the blogs, it must be several months ago now, where um, uh, Reillusion were using a different type of um, technique, which wasn't really looking at muscle movement, but was looking at how the, the surface of the skin moved, hmm. um, which, which was an entirely different um, approach to the way that most of the other facial mocap stuff actually works. And that's um, that's what they used on Avatar too. Um, and that's what's, you know, led them into um, kind of new developments around that, I guess. And my my thoughts would be that what you're talking about is one of the products that come out of that set of developments. So it's kind of a different way of producing the the facial animation, I would guess. But really interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. This isn't their first tool in the markerless exactly. uh, facial animation thing. They had they have another one that existed for quite some time that used an iPhone. Uh, something about the iPhone's camera could capture that information and and you could use that and actually I'd, i never got to try that and i'm not sure now that i ever will have to because uh this this tool seems to um be able to, to pull that off just through a, a regular yeah you know, nice web camera so i mean i don't know if you see if you if you've ever had a look at this but you know when you sign up for um biometric you know things like facial recognition biometric facial recognition have you seen the images that those uh, scans create of your face you wouldn't recognize yourself you look ancient uh, because <laughs> the the scans goes below surface and then sort of do some kind of modeling so that you've got oh. like different layers of your face and the image that it produces it's bizarre but that kind of and that's all done with webcam technology so if if, if what we're talking about is an integration of that kind of level of depth of analysis with you know, with animation tools, I think I think there's you know there's going to be you know vast improvements to where this kind of technology can be used in in the yep. very near future. I would have thought. Sure. And when they start adding adding in AI to it, exactly, it'll be even better. Yeah, yeah. Which I guarantee a real illusion is trying to work out. I think I think they'll be among the first to really properly integrate that into a a high-end commercial product like this. I, I fully expect that. I have no reason to think it. Like there's, they're, they're keeping a nice tight lid on it. it it's it's like when, it's like trying to find out when the next Tool album is going to come out. You'll, they never <laughs> tell, right? It's just all of a sudden one day, there it is. So yeah, exactly. that's, that's, yeah, Realision's got, uh, they, they keep believe, tight lips. I believe there's some AI actually in this plugin now, the way it interprets the facial animation. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. One of the things that, you do is you do your performance, but you have to do that sort of the calibration of your face to different expressions. So you got your neutral right, pages right like this. And you do the, and you do, a, and you, you calibrate that, and then it'll go back through the recording or the live video, um, and it knows how to read the moods of the expressions you're making and calibrate huh. the, the performance accordingly. And that's obviously going to be AI driven in some capacity. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. how it works. So I just know it, it's something that they talked about kind of briefly on the on the um, website for it. So I've got a little Very bit cool. of news. Cool. What? Well, what abiding memory do you have of Pink Floyd? Apart from the music, what do you remember? Their music, their album, Dark Side of the Moon, or the pigs over the, the great illustration with the pig over the stacks, smokestacks yeah. of animals of, album. Of animals, right. Yeah. And do you remember the worms coming out of the the apple right or whatever it was, the, the potato ricer, people being ground up? And do you remember that? We don't need nope. no education. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well... Believe it or not, Pink Floyd, <laughs> they've just launched an animation competition for their 50th anniversary release of Dark Side of the Moon album. I couldn't believe it was 50. 50. Mm. That dates us, doesn't it? I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's um, true. Yeah. Well, I was a little shocked at that. Anyway, what they're calling for is any copyright cleared form of animation that can be submitted to this uh, contest. 
and they're looking for people to take a fresh take on that album. Um, the deadline's really quite tight. It's the 31st of December. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of submissions. Um, but there's some stunning prizes for it. Um, £100,000 prizes to the winners and such. Ooh. Yeah, really significant wow. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also so a great um, panel uh, reviewing the work. So Pink Floyd's Nick Mason's going to be involved. And also um, that well-known director Telly Gillick, Terry Gilliam even um, among several others um, awesome so I think you know there seems to be uh, an effort here being made to think about what this album means to the next generation of of animators which is which is really cool so if you if you've got time and opportunity the 31st of December isn't that far away get your animation fingers going I think Yep, I'll have to I'll have to fire up Halo and uh, I think so. Get, get the ideas going. You yeah. know? Yep. Well, mm-hmm. luckily, Machinima is fast. You can have a fast turnaround, so uh, any of our listeners and viewers should be able to um, turn something out and submit it. And I wish you luck. Yes. Well, the copyright well. claim bit might be the challenge, I think, because that that will be as ever one of the yeah. one well, of the things got that pops out. I clone a movie storm Absolutely. and a couple of other tools. That that should. If you're one of those users, then you should be in luck, at least for submitting. You know, it'll be interesting to see if anyone attempts to use, uh, you know, Midjourney or Runway or some kind of AI-generated thing for this, Mm. given the questionable copyright nature of that whole enterprise. How do they evaluate copyright of something like that? If they, assuming they can even detect that it was made with that. Some interesting stuff. Uh, I'm not going to have have the time to uh, construct something specifically for that, but I'm going to watch what is submitted with interest because there's a lot of Me very too. interesting yeah. ways people are creating animation nowadays. Yeah, uh, but, but you know, but from Unreal Engine all the way you know across the spectrum, some some interesting possibilities there. So I'll I'll watch the that movies with for me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> World do of that Warcraft. that funny little walk they do. <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely have to come back and uh, talk about some of the submissions that we see. Yes, yes, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's my uh, that is my only news really, but actually, I think it it, it links quite nicely to what Phil's going to tell us a little bit about in in yeah. due right. course. Yeah. And it's good to have that in early, so it gives our listeners more time to actually submit something if they want yeah. to. Right. All right. So uh, let's move on to the film. So, Phil, what what have you chosen for us this month? Oh my God! Here it comes. <laughs> so yeah, from if you've watched the show for a while, you know that I have uh, a like for you know silly let's play. Uh, I don't mean silly in a derogatory way, but I mean you know uh, satirical, sadistic, top performance, sadistic. Based sadistic uh particularly with the sims for some reason i don't know i have some kind of grudge against the sims but every single one of them is you know sims in the meat grinder or something that's right this one is titled i abducted my entire neighborhood in the sims 4 <laughs> just the title makes you want to laugh <laughs> and uh it's by uh, uh a guy who's been doing let's plays for a while uh, under the the uh, YouTube channel name, let's game it out. He has this. Uh, his his voice is very. Uh, it's like a very produced sounding voice, you know, heavily compressed, almost like a radio or TV type announcer voice. Uh, I don't know what his background is uh, in that regard, or if it's just what he chose for this. But so it it reads in this almost old timey television type voice of you know uh I, I don't know how to describe it maybe ricky you'll have an idea of how to describe it but it but then the yeah the content is you know this this guy's a psychopath i mean it's uh he i won't get into the i won't give away the entire story here but basically he starts up a game of the sims 4 and abducts a sim keeps him locks him in a house uh, with bare furniture, uh, hardly any furniture at all, locks him in there, 
and then just starts obsessively painting him and hanging pictures of the guy on the wall. So like, if you imagine this as a scenario, oh, and by the way, the lead character doing all of this, the abducting and the painting and the sadism, uh, it's Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Reeves, uh, you know, from the late Matrix slash cyberpunk, long haired, bearded yeah, John, yeah, John yeah. Wick era. Um, it is it is Keanu Reeves, which it to me adds an additional level of funny to it because Keanu Reeves is whatever psychopath you know is on on the scales. I I get the impression that Keanu Reeves is on the other end of the spectrum altogether. Indeed, he's like just that he's just like a ridiculously nice guy, right? So, yeah, that's 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 it. This this it reminds me of. Who was that? Gray still plays about I built a 5,000 mile hallway or whatever. And then he just puts the Sims through this. And this is that type of thing. And he ends up with quite a collection of of Sims. The title uh, is a spoiler as to what ends up happening. Yes, he he abducts his entire neighborhood. Uh, It's just absolutely my kind of humor. It's 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 humor that I think if I showed it to my wife, She'd question my mental health. <laughs> like she'd wonder what's wrong with me out loud. You know, what's the matter with you? Why, why it's so cruel. It's so mean. It is. It's mean. It's cruel. It's, it's, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, I don't know how I mean, some of, okay. I know a bit about how the Sims works. So I know enough about it to know that like some of the stuff that, he kind of the, the video plays out as if it just unfolded and just happened and he improvised his way through it. But there's some of this stuff that's that requires a little bit of uh planning and manipulation of the game and stuff behind the scenes to make it happen. I don't care. Like it doesn't spoil it at all for me because this is a performance. Um, this is a essentially a really sick comedy sketch in the guise of a let's play, which is as far as Graystill plays, my favorite videos of Graystill plays are the ones where he's doing that, where he's acting almost like oh, this just happened. Whoa, whoa, this oh, I just stumbled into this. Truth is, to come up with ideas this good, this sick, and this funny, uh, there's planning involved. I really respect this crap. Of course. So, um, yeah, it's just wonderful stuff. Uh, you know, what did you guys think of it? Well, you know the, the those awful horror movies uh, series called Saw, <laughs> where they put these groups, usually of teens or younger people, in these horrific moral situations and torture situations. Those are so bad, the squirm factor is off the charts. However, you take that concept and you put it in a cartoon, and remember Roadrunner and uh, Coyote, Wiley Coyote. Coyote's always getting chopped up and Incredibly mashed up. Incredibly violent show. That's right. Exactly. So you put him in a cartoon situation and it becomes funny. And you you lose that moral tone. I mean, I was saying, hey, it's sadistic. It's mean. I was being sarcastic about it. Of course it is. Because somehow it's safe to do it to lifeless animated character obviously lifeless animated characters do you know what i mean yes so you can be you could be a sadist and it works because it's funny because if you think of it the subject is a serial cat kidnapper come artist i mean if you did a real life version of that it would be horrifying you know you'd oh it was just terrible <laughs> plus i think the the tone of the humor is a kind of very, very black humor, which is so modern. And so if you look at you go through Netflix and several of the other things, you find that almost all of the comedies nowadays, unless they're romantic comedies, are black humor comedies. Because because now audiences are conditioned to know that they're the humor is on two levels. There's the obvious joke. And then there's this underneath, the darker tone to it, the sort of meanness to the whole thing, you know? I also think that you were talking about the narrator. The narrator, it's his tone of voice 
And I, when you said it was highly compressed, that made so much sense because the the upper register, the higher tones, are emphasized over the lower. It's a drier sound, which gives the edge to his voice. And he's already doing this sort of, I don't know, slightly patronizing tone of voice as if somehow... Yeah. Not only are all of the Sims characters fools, but the audience watching the video are stupid as well. You know, he's has got this holier than thou kind of thing. Oh, I'll do, oh, that's too bad, huh? These little sarcastic asides. It's just brilliant. And his upsetting his use of the game mechanics, changing things around and then play, making it look like, oh, he made a mistake and now he's gonna fix it, you know obviously he's worked all of that out. He's written it all out. Yeah. I mean, it's clear you, you can't make a good film like that. My only problem with the film was that it was too long. It is I long. think it, I think it could have made the point better. But then again, I asked myself in my notes, I can say, well, what, what exactly is the point of the film? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you guys know what the point of it is other than to put these characters into situation and make them <laughs> you know, squirm? What? I don't know. But anyway, it was marvelous. I just loved it. It's great. It's really interesting to hear you say that because I've got very similar comments, actually. Um, but but I wonder to what extent this guy really is a tormentor and and the length is probably a deliberate choice as well. Um, maybe. What tormenting uh, the viewer? Hmm. Hmm. I hadn't really thought. About that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, my comments. Um. Well, I don't know if you remember, but many, many years. I'm sure you would remember this. Many years ago, you used to see quite a lot of Sims movies doing, uh, you know, cruel and mentionable things with the characters, um, because that's the only way you could get them to act. I remember um, the Ill Clan telling me about how they used to torture the the Sims characters to get them to do different things before they kind of moved into um, Second Life and what have you. And I remember also um, Rooster Teeth guys tried to produce a series. Was it called The Strangerhood? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and that was a that was a bit tortuous as well with Sims characters, and they got a bit fed up with it because it took so much effort to actually you know, um, get these characters to, to do what they really want. But I don't kind of get the impression that that's quite the same as what this this um, guy is doing. And it's this kind of sadistic humour in tormenting these characters that really kind of shines through this. And, and he really kind of, you know, rams it home. But there's a huge amount of effort that has gone into doing it. I would suggest it's probably done over many, many hours. Mm, um, if mm. not days of running the sim indeed um, but I, I you know i've never really been a sims player so i wouldn't i wouldn't know too much about that but but i think it's really you know the interesting choices the, the, the creator makes that seem to give him a, a role of something a bit like a, a praying mantis really and a and a and a, a predator and it and it comes you know by the end of it you you clearly get the sense that he is indeed a predator um because he starts out wanting to sort of, you know, position this as, as wanting to socialize and ends up wanting, yeah, yeah. wanting to see what happens when he starts really restricting the the, um, the other characters. And ultimately, yes. his attempt to sort of capture as many as folks, these kind of folks as he can and keep them locked up forever yeah. seems to be his kind of, uh, you know, the where, where he gets to it. And and it it's that kind of getting darker and darker throughout yes. that makes it really quite interesting. Wonderful. Um, he's like an, an an empathic kidnapper, doing it for love for some reason. Um, and you kind of got to ask why Rusty, that sort of central character that he starts out kidnapping, you got to you got to think why on earth does that guy keep going back? <laughs> so there's something really quite disturbing in that relationship between the two of these that I think is hidden from us somehow. Yeah. Um, 
And then there are obviously lots of kind of, you know, there's a bit of toilet humour in here, which is, you know, reasonably funny. But there's also something about the observer being observed. And that's, I think that's quite, you know, the way the way that that relationship is developed between, you know, the the the, the guy creating the film, what he's apparently doing with the character, and also what he's doing with us as the audience. I think that's an interesting, yeah, uh, interrelationship. Yeah, um, but he's then, inevitably an unreliable narrator. It's a, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I and that's I've not really seen that done before. I don't think in in mm. cinema. And he gets, you know, he seems to sort of suggest he's getting more and more daring with his sadistic deeds. And, and when he starts sort of, you know, doing all these uh, paintings uh, and sticking them all over the place, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of taunting people to sort of, or you know, the the. The other the other players and and the audience to um uh you know sort of catch him out in what he's doing somehow just you know to say no 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 you're not doing that right kind of, it's it's almost like he's kind of daring us in some way um and certainly in the in the in what he's portraying it's clear what he's doing is daring the other folks there to come and rescue rusty but of course mm-hmm. It's just a game and no one does. Or if they do, they're, they're, they're kind of captured as well. So in many ways, he's using these these paintings like flypaper. And that's kind of an interesting concept as well, I think. There is, yeah. Um, but um, the other side of that is presumably the fact that he's put all those things up around his, the sort of local community and he's capturing all these people that is the bit that's enabled him to make profit out of what he's doing. Um, and he only kind of skims over that a little bit. So he earns, you know, he ends up putting an art stall on his front yard and he's saying, Oh, I've made a, a million and a half bucks out of selling these and whatnot. But it's, you, there's a lot missing. I think ultimately I kind of concluded it's really sick. <laughs> what he's done is really sick. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this in Sims. Um, I think it's really well edited. And I kind of ended up asking, is this a study of Rusty or a study of the creator or both? And it's and it's kind of pitched as a study of Rusty where, you know, the creator's kind of talking about his vulnerability, his stupidity, you know the isolation that he's you know he's he's put through and and how fragile he is as a as a character um maybe that you know maybe that maybe that's true but i think what also may be true is that um and and somebody puts out a comment on the on the channel that i thought actually probably summed it up pretty well which is along the lines of well, it's a pretty good job that this guy's a YouTuber because if he wasn't, it, it would probably be out there doing this in real life. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and I suspect that may be closer to it. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was what I thought about it. Anyway, really, really great, interesting, yeah. really, really insightful comments. All right, so. Uh, a couple of things that came to mind when I watched it is first, the way that um, the use the the painting that you can take a, a picture of something in the game to use as reference. I didn't know The Sims had that as a capability, so I learned something just about the game from that because as a, as a game feature, um, I don't, I've got a copy of The Sims Four, but I've never really used it that much, so that was quite educational. Um, and then I was thinking about it from the perspective of what the game is capable of doing because obviously the game is not really designed for players to be psychopaths in it <laughs> um obviously you can engage in crime and, and stuff like that but not to this level so the the way that this um rusty and the other sims act they're not programmed to act like they've been kidnapped because that's not what the game was designed for, which adds to the humor of the fact that they don't try and escape. Exactly, no because they're just normal. They're acting normally. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
and they don't try and no one comes to the rescue or anything like that. Um, no police or anybody investigating yeah. these people's being missing. Uh, uh, the fact that you know they did put the paintings out all over the place, and he was there's one bit where he puts them up in a cafe, and there's these two women sat at the table, and he puts them up. And then he makes a joke about how it kills the conversation. And the next shot, the table's empty because they've left. Now, obviously, he <laughs> made all that happen. But he, he's aware of what he's doing is extremely wrong. And he's just doing it anyway to see what could happen in the game world. And I thought it it's a very sick, dark kind of humour. I definitely would not want to watch it as a live-action film. I, I've got no interest in watching the Saw films or anything like that because it just doesn't appeal to me uh, but Ricky you're right this when it's animated somehow it makes it more watchable and funnier indeed indeed and, well I think the hu- since the humor comes from the fact that you expect one thing and you get something else hmm. and and you're surprised and you react to that difference by laughing at it yeah so you have a guy that's playing Sims 4. And he says, I'm going to go out and get some friends. He gets some friends and then he kidnaps the guy. But he he says it in such a normal way as if somehow this is what you do in Sims 4. And that's what makes it funny. Yeah. And I think the creator of the film saw knows that source of humor and wanted to see how far he could go in the game with it. Yeah, because... People watching this are going to be somewhat familiar with the game. I, I imagine a lot of the viewers who are watching it are. And so they're going to know that's how the characters behave. Because if you watched it live action and you thought, why aren't they trying to escape? Why is no one trying to find out where they've all gone? And it just wouldn't work. Uh, so, yeah, being familiar with the game and its limitations and the way it's, well, not really limitations, but the way it's designed, um, that that's, that's what sells it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's part of a tradition of gaming. You know, with as I've gone into great depth in learning Elden Ring, I've discovered. I mean, I put in a thousand hours on that that game so far, and I've discovered all sorts of people making content for it. And what astounds me is how many different ways you can turn the game against itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in a way that that impulse is what propels some machinima filmmakers to use games like Sims 4 because they see all of this bourgeois normalcy and they want to turn it upside down. They want to, they want to play with them in different ways. And the game, without the developers even, even knowing it, have created an environment in which that can occur. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, this guy, it's... I looked on his channel, his whole channel is filled with videos where he's doing kidnaps of NPCs <laughs> in games. His whole he's found channel. A, he, he's found a little, he's found a niche. He found you know? his niche, that's right. That's right. Yeah. See, that's the thing that's interesting about YouTube and other uh, ways of earning a living. I mean, the fact that you can earn a living on, like, for example, doing game builds for Elden Ring. There's people that are making, you know, six figures doing that because they have 100,000 people watching it. But that has created this sort of interesting place that has made the difference between professional and amateur very, very slim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because is a, a professional somebody makes their living essentially doing what off of their created creations. So why not? If this guy's making a living, he's a pro. And if he finds something that he does really well and has a strong response, he keeps doing it. I think that's smart business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Myself. Yeah, there are worse jobs. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. There are worse jobs. <laughs> One of the things that I loved about uh, his approach, and and this is actually true of The Sims in general, uh, and and always has been, you know, this this 
these animated characters are put onto the screen and they have facial expressions and nonverbal body language. And, you know, we never really get to know what they are actually thinking or feeling. You get an idea. There'll be some little emote, emote lit or, you know, icon that'll show up and, and okay, you can tell that they're angry or sometimes they're just raising their eyebrows about something and making some funny face. And it's, it's kind of like if you ever, if you've ever done this yourself or gone with someone who, who likes to go like to the airport to people watch, they call it, or to go to the mall and people watch. And -hmm. sometimes from a, from a distance where you can just see the interactions happening and you see expressions and nonverbal movements, but you can't hear what's being said. And it's only natural writers do this a lot. I find uh, who who are of, of a kind of a uh, little bit mischievous uh, temperament is they'll, they'll fill in the dialogue of what they think is going on. And it's very right, funny right. sometimes, you know, and our imaginations a lot of times are just wired that way. Well, the Sims is built on a, it's a, an entire world of characters where you are compelled to do that because that information is missing. And so what he has done here is instead of just trying to fill that gap in with what's natural, he's got this unnatural narrative. Beautiful. And he's interpreting those. So a lot of the shots are just, you know, that mm-hmm. Rusty turns and kind of raises his eyebrows in a weird way. And then he just basically chooses to interpret that in a humorous way related to his narrative. Yep. It's just wonderfully done. Like yeah. if you yeah. strip all that away, the game's not really given him a whole lot to go on there. It's the game is not driving his narrative, but it's, it's open enough to where he can put that humorous yes. interpretation into place and it just works so well. And so much of what's going on on the screen is him essentially reacting to in mm-hmm. a very controlled and uh, planned way, but reacting to what the game's giving him with this vagueness of, of expression. Oh, it's just wonderfully done. Contrast this movie with Snow Witch made in The Sims as well. Mm, yes, mm. good point. Mm. It's the same engine, okay? My point that I'm trying to make is that good, really great machinima is not about the engine so much as it is about the imagination that artists have encountering the engine. Yes. And seeing what they can do with it, how they can turn it around and play it against itself. I think your film in Red Dead Redemption about that funeral, the guy going to the funeral is another example of that. You wouldn't think, I mean, funerals would occur in Red Dead Redemption, but Red Dead Redemption is about action. It's about, you know, gunfights and going here and interacting with this one there and going to this place. It's not about, it's not about somebody having a deep feeling about going to a funeral, a a, a conflicting feelings inside of himself. That's, we owe that to your imagination, Phil. In the, by the same token, this guy's imagination, although it's a little on the end that has a high squirm factor, if you really stop thinking, start thinking, thinking yeah. about it, yeah, it's the same thing. He's using his imagination based on what the game gives him. Yeah, the game is a palette. The game is a palette. Yeah, I mean that's, I think that's the most interesting machinima to me is is one where the game is just a palette. Yeah. Um, it 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 just happens to be the thing that can generate the imagery, but it's in service of of someone else's vision or story or comedy sketch or or poem or just looking artistic, whatever it is. Well, That's look at so the success. More interesting of... to me than just a recording of someone actually playing the game, which Indeed. has its value, has its place. I watch let's play just regular let's play stuff that's not dramatized like this. I watch it very regularly to learn more about a game I'm interested in, stuff like that. Yep. And technically, that's machinima, too. But when I use the word, this is the kind of thing I think of where exactly. yeah, someone Me else is, is turning it into something else. It's transforming. Well, I think all four of us share that, share that opinion. Yeah. Look at Red versus Blue, 
one of the one of the most successful machinima series ever made. You couldn't have done that without that game engine. You couldn't, mm. because they didn't have to worry about lip sync because the guys had helmets. All they had to do was minor animation, but that game gave them the opportunity to do their specific type of black absurdist humor in it, which caught the public's eye, which which tickled the fancy, so yeah. much so that they were able to take that into seven or eight seasons, become a major professional company, and all of that rot. But um, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It's the game is the palette. I think that's going to be our catchphrase from from now on. Sure. One more thing I'll mention too, when we were, yeah, Tracy, you were talking about the uh, legendary difficulties of, of getting the Sims to behave. That's still the case today. I follow several uh, uh, people who make movies in the Sims 4 presently. And uh, it's a regular, a regular quandary, even with They've got all kinds of mods and tools to spawn and, and control things in a certain way, but there's always that little factor of the sim is just just wants to go, sometimes just goes and does what it wants. And that was true when I made Mail Restroom Etiquette. If you remember, I, I released that outtakes reel afterwards <laughs> of where I had had these guys in a restroom and just constantly forcing them to fight to get all the footage for this fight scene. And at one point, one just starts, breaks down crying. I didn't trigger that at all. He just started weeping in the middle of a scene where he's supposed to just stand there. Uh, another one where a guy was, uh, you know, basically I had him laying down on the ground to, to essentially play dead. And just all of a sudden in the middle of filming, the, the Sim just stands up and kind of looks around like, and uh, yeah, so... Yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure there's many, many hours of of potential outtakes out there of of when people have tried to get these things to yeah, yeah. To behave. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm. There's such, such great comments from from all of you, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, um, that I hesitate to use the word enjoy on this because I think <laughs> it's, it's kind of a mixed reaction, uh, but, um, I, I knew that would be one that would spawn a lot of discussion, so. Um, thank you all very much. Yep. Great. Phil, that was an excellent uh, pick you've chosen this month. And you're right, it did uh, spawn quite a lot of discussion, which I enjoyed uh, being part of and listening to. Uh, so I hope our listeners enjoy watching this film as well. And if you'd like to send us any feedback about it or about us, uh, please send us an email to talk at, at completelymachinima.com. Uh, you can see all the news uh, and everything else on the, our website, which is also completelymachinima.com. We'll be back uh, next week with another film review. So uh, take care. Happy holidays and see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.